0: Well, good morning. Good to see everyone. This is Thanksgiving week. As most of you know, I've always said this, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday in the year. Um, You'd think it'd be Easter or Christmas, wouldn't you? But no, Thanksgiving. And uh, we're starting a new series today, a couple weeks. We're going to talk about Crazy Like Us. That'll make more sense in a few minutes. And uh, today's topic is You Just Think You Are. So let's pray and Pray for some of us without electricity. Somebody say, Sharon, you don't have yours yet. We don't have yours yet. Uh, Somebody told me theirs was off, but uh, you guys got yours back already, right, Brenda? So uh, uh, they said 5 o'clock, so (laughs) it'd be nice if it's on by 5 o'clock this evening. Uh, So let's pray. Father God, thank you. It's great to be here this morning. We thank you for uh, uh, the fact that electricity is on here. And for those of us without it, uh, it's, it's just a minor inconvenience. Hopefully, not for very long. Uh, we thank you for the opportunity to gather as as a body, as a community of folks. Uh, we thank you for the opportunity also to uh, uh, examine God. What you know, what what you would want from us, for us, and uh, and as you've said so often, it's not about us, but it's about you and about the others. And that's what's so great about Thanksgiving, I think. Uh, Guide these words. Let them honor you. Let them uh, point to Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. I want to start with a little uh, caveat here at the beginning. Uh, What I want to talk about may be a little offensive to some of you. Okay? So I'm just kind of warning you ahead of time and try not to be. All right? (laughs) Just kind of Follow me, and uh, my train of thought, and where we 're going with all this <clears throat> Jesus, we talk about, everybody loved Jesus, followed him around, not everybody, but a lot of people did it 's interesting if you read John chapter six at the end of that chapter, a lot of people who were following Jesus around decided eh, i don 't think I want to follow him anymore. Uh, we like the free food, we like the miracles, but you, 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 this is just too weird. He was teaching some stuff, and they didn't didn 't like it and so some people stopped following. They were offended. All right. So I'm hoping this is not my John chapter six. Okay. <laughs> Nobody's going to leave. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that bad. <clears throat> but I want to teach you or help you to understand how to do something that most of you don't, but most of you think you do. All right. And that's why it's going to be offensive. Now, you all are above average. But this, when I talk about average, the average American doesn't know how to do this, right? Now, I know you guys are above ours, but we all probably could do better. And I talked last week about not learning, knowing how to be married because nobody ever taught me and I didn't have any examples. Well, I think that's part of the problem with it, what we're going to talk about is that we might not have had good examples and nobody taught us. So I'm going to try and teach you. So here, that's enough for the you know, <laughs> ambiguous stuff here, here's what I'm, we're going to get, our goal is in this series, is to teach us how to be generous, all right, I'll teach you how to be generous, and I know to push back, all of you feel like you're generous, and I even say you're generous as a congregation, when we collect, you know, $175,000 in a year on, on our budget, n- nobody gets a bill, you all just give that. And so, to me, it's generous as a group, but as individuals, and again, I'm going to try and teach you to be something, not to do something. And I know know the pushback, I know what you're thinking is, Um, I'm a generous person. And you can think of examples of that. And we'll try to explain the difference between generosity and what we're going to call random acts of giving. Generosity is more than just random acts of giving. All of you, probably, almost all Americans are really good at this. This is when either you're inspired or you're guilt-ridden, <laughs> you give. So, you know, you see hungry children in Africa, you might give some money to that. Uh, hurricane or flood victims, we'll give money to that. Uh, so that's out of, you inspired to give or we feel guilty because, you know, our lives are better than that. All of us are probably good at that, right? Generosity is not that. I'm all for that, and that is great, but that's not generosity. Now, I want to make you a couple promises as we go through this. Here's the big first promise. When you become generous, you will give more, save more, and consume less. Now, like anything else, there could be an exception, but the exception proves a rule. Some of you probably are really good givers or really good savers already. <clears throat> but generosity is about more. <laughs> All right? And more is kind of a most of us would think was, was, was good, right? And here's the other big promise. When you become generous, you'll be happier. If I'm saying I can make you happier, how many people are going to raise their hand? All right? So if you and I learn to be generous, we will be happier. And the happy people that you know are most likely generous people. And this is really important also if you've got kids and grandkids like I do, because you're talking about a legacy, teaching other next generation. And just a side thought, your kids or your grandkids, one day you're going to decide what nursing home you're in. And I think you want them to be generous when it comes to that, right? <laughs> All right. Now, here's the problem. Generosity is not natural. And if you want any proof of that, if you've got kids, you know that. What well, is one of the big lessons? So I was taught, talk- I don't remember who that was. We were just talking about this. One of the hardest things to teach your kids is what? To share, right? <laughs> and whoever I was talking to, they were saying you know, they're trying to get their child to, to share this toy. And they said, well, you can either share the one toy or you can have none of the toys. And, of course, the child decided to share the one toy rather than give up all their toys. All right? So generosity or sharing is not natural. We're selfish or self-centered by nature. But, again, as I'm talking about this, I, I, I know you're, you're thinking, you're resisting, you're pushing back and saying, I'm a generous person. I I share. And it's kind of like guys, I'll speak to us guys, 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 it's kind of like when our wife says to us, ah, you don't help around the house enough. And we'll think, yeah, don't you remember two months ago when I cleaned out the dishwasher? (laughs) That's how we think. All right, so, you know, I'm not saying you're not sharing sometimes or you don't give sometimes. We're teaching, I guess the best word, I'm going to try and teach us a lifestyle. Generosity as a lifestyle. And again, it's not natural. Now, in our culture, fortunately, in, in America, it's part of our c- culture. And so that's why when these disasters happen, we have this outpouring of generosity or random acts of kindness, really, because it's kind of part of the remnant of being in a, in a society that was based on Christian principles, right? So it is kind of cultural, but it's still not natural. And uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more in a a, a minute. But what is natural? Let me tell you what natural is. And that's why we get the series title. Crazy is what's natural. And maybe you're crazy with your finances or you know somebody that's crazy with their finances. Uh, Most Americans either spend more than they make, which is kind of, I don't know how they, mathematically I can't figure that out. And most Americans live one paycheck to the next. Meaning, if they didn't get a paycheck, they'd be in really, really bad trouble. And if something happens, like the car breaks down, or, or something in the house breaks down, or there's a medical emergency, they, they, they don't know how to pay for it. That's the average American. To me, that is crazy. And one of the craziest thing is, is interest. So you go and buy a new car. And I know they have some interest free loans. But assume yours is an interest free loan. And I will just pick out a figure. You buy a new car for twenty thousand dollars. The time as soon as you drive it off the lot, what's happened? It's probably worth, you know, seventeen thousand dollars with one mile on it. All right, it's right down to seventeen thousand dollars. All right, you pay twenty thousand dollars, but you're paying interest on this. So you're paying after the first monthly payment, you pay twenty thousand plus for it, right? And the next month, 20000 plus more. And every month you're paying more, the value of the product is going where? Down. Now, th- 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 just think about this logically. Isn't that crazy? To pay more for something, its value is less? And it doesn't have to be a car. It could be anything that you put on, on a credit card. Some people just put all kinds of stuff on credit cards. And if you keep spending more than you can make, what do you have to do eventually? And, you know... I know people that filed bankruptcy multiple times. Now just to be honest, that's not, what's the word I want? It's not, it's just not honest, right? To not pay for things that you've received. But that's the average American, that's natural, that's what's crazy. And here's another thing that's kind of (laughs) strange. How many of you feel rich? How many people, be honest, how many people feel rich? Do you? All right, we got one (laughs) or two. Okay, no, no, no. Everybody in here should have their hand up. But we don't, do we? So we can put this on the screen. We don't feel rich, but we are, and I've told you this before. Even if you're on retirement income, you're probably in the top 10% of the world's population. And most of us that are working, we're probably in the top two or three percent. So 90 plus percent of the people in the world look at you and say, us complaining about how poor we are, and they say, you're crazy, you're so rich, you have so much, but we don't feel rich, do we? And the flip side is we feel generous and we probably really aren't. And we'll explain that. So, what do I mean by generosity? Well, we're going to explain to what I don't mean about generosity first, okay? We're going to call these myths, generosity myths. So, here's the first one. Generosity is spontaneous. That's that random act of giving, all right? You know, some disaster, some, somebody in great need, it could be locally, whatever it might be, um, <clears throat> you know, when Aaron was sick, you know, tons of people responded and, and helped with medical expenses and so forth. That's spontaneous. That's usually emotional, right? There's emotion involved in it. But generosity is very unemotional, if you want. It's not that there's not emotion involved, but it's not motivated or driven by emotion. So generosity is not, is, is, <coughs> isn't spontaneous, but that's a myth. Second myth. Generosity is determined by cash flow. So beginning of the month, I got my paycheck, I can be generous. The end of the month, I ran out of paycheck, right? <laughs> and so I can't be generous because I don't have any money. Generosity is not determined by cash flow. It's not sporadic. It isn't when, you know, I've got money in my checking account and when I don't, I, I'm not. It's, that's not generosity. Third myth, it's the amount that counts. And this is kind of a funny one, all right? <clears throat> We'll see people on TV that's given, you know, $10,000, $100,000, or some charity, whatever. And we think, oh wow, they're so generous. Well, let me ask you something. If you're a billionaire and you give $100,000 or something, oh, have you been really generous? No. No. You're not, you're not being generous. But to us that don't have that kind of money, it seems generous. For us to give that amount of money, it would be really generous. Jesus tells this really fascinating story about this. Evidently, I thought we ought to try that. They collected the offering in the temple up front. And people evidently kind of held up what they were giving before they put it in, all right? So Jesus is watching these rich people. Of course, the rich people would put, you know, look what I'm putting in. They put it in. And then this widow, and in that culture, widows were destitute. Nobody would take care of them, uh, unless family would. And so this widow comes by, we don't know the scenario, how it looked, but evidently Jesus could tell. She put in like a couple pennies, a couple dollars, and Jesus knew that's all she had. So in that scenario, who was generous? The lady to put in a dollar or two. And all of us in the church that put in something in the offering put up probably a lot more than that in, didn't they? But we weren't as generous, or maybe not, not generous at all, because it isn't about the amount. And this fourth myth kind of goes along with that. <clears throat> rich people are generous. Rich people are generous. And the reality is probably most of them aren't <laughs> generous. Because it's not about the amount, right? So if it's not about the amount and you don't have to be rich, this is something we all can be or do, right? Be Generous. Now, <clears throat> I need some kind of definition of generous. I came across this. It's kind of an awkward definition, but it really gets, dis- it's very descriptive about what generosity is. So here it is. <clears throat> generous is the premeditated. That means you think ahead of time. It's not an emotional response. You've thought this through. Calculated it, all right? So it could be a percentage deal, or whatever you want to do. Uh, we would say it's budgeted. Most of us. It's designated on uh, our budget. I uh, will not talk to about our finances too much, but we have money. We got tithe money. We got offering money. We got benevolence money. And some of that goes to some missionaries. And some of it's just there for spontaneous acts of, acts of giving, right? Then we have an emergency fund. So even if we want to be more generous in some instance, we have money in the bank to do that. Okay, that's just us. So it's designated. So consequently, it's emancipation. You're emancipated. You have a freedom to be generous. You have the ability to be generous. It's not dependent on your cash flow because you've premeditated, calculated, and designated. Of course, we're talking about financial assets. Now, in this series, we don't have time to talk about generosity and your time and your talents and so forth. Well, all that stuff's really, really important. But we're going to just focus on the money thing. So, consequently... If we use that definition for generosity, we can say this. When you free your money, you free yourself from your money. And isn't it interesting? You all know people that probably have a lot more money than you do and they just worry about money all the time? Isn't that crazy? But people do that. They're not freed from their money, even though they might have a lot of money. They're certainly not Generous, And if you tend to be a worrier, I mean, obviously, if you don't have money to meet your financial needs, that's a concern. But if you worry or preoccupied by money, you're not free. You're a slave to it, right? Uh, I want to tell you about one, one of many incidents of generosity that we, uh, we were uh, recipients of. <clears throat> this was back probably about 1982 or so. And, and it was our anniversary. And Deb has, I don't know how many aunts, but uh, one of our aunts was a member of our church. Uh, her name was Aunt Betty. At the time, she was a single mom. And I don't think anybody else in the church gave us a gift for our anniversary, but she gave us $20. Now, this was back in 1982, and I'm telling you this story now in 2017, right? And it was a gift of $20, which most of us would even flinch, right? Of course, now that would be worth probably more like 40 or $50, right? But we knew that she couldn't, quote-unquote, afford to give us that money. And the tendency was to want to reject it. But you do never want to reject somebody's generosity. Because you're robbing them of the gift, right, of giving. And uh, by the way, it's our 41st anniversary today. All right? So if you want to be generous to us... <laughs> We won't turn it down, <laughs> but it is our anniversary today, honestly. Uh, so we're going to look at passages of Scripture. <clears throat> this is something Paul wrote, and it's really, if you really read it, maybe out loud, or somebody else read it out loud to you, and we're not going to read it all, but it, uh, it's one of the most emotional times in Scripture, in Paul's life, anyway. Most of you know, Paul started a bunch of these churches and all over the Mediterranean. And uh, <clears throat> he would write letters to them. Uh, this was when he was in Ephesus, so we call that letter Ephesians. But we're not going to find it in Ephesians, we're going to find it in Acts. Now, Acts is that book after the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that talks about the early church. Jesus leaves, and then, then the disciples take over, and And most of Acts is about this guy named Paul, right? So in chapter 20, Paul is addressing the church at Ephesus, and he's saying his goodbyes. He's saying, I'm headed to Jerusalem, and I'm never coming back. You're never going to see me again. And I don't know if you've ever had that experience with someone that you cared about, or somebody cared about you, and you you knew you are never going to see them again. So it's really emotional, Right? And he was the one that planted the churches, but probably helped a lot of them connect with God that weren't connected with God. So this is going to be a really emotional time. And um, it's going to sound almost like bragging, and that's the interesting thing. When you're truly a generous person, you don't think about it that way because it's not that for you, but if somebody else is hearing it, it sounds like bragging. So obviously it's not, so... We're going to kind of pick a verse here and then a longer thing. The other fascinating thing about this passage, it's the only place in the Bible we have recorded words of Jesus that weren't recorded in the Gospels. And it's something that you, everybody here has heard before. You might have known it was in the Bible, but you've heard it before. All right. So we're going to start in 2024. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Okay? All of us. If you're a follower of Jesus, God's got, you know, marching orders, assignment for you. And that's what makes your life worthwhile. I'm fortunate that as 17, I discovered God wanted me to be a, be a pastor. And I've been doing it for, over, for 40 years. And it's made my life worthwhile. All right? Among other things. So, if he describes it this way. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Now, we talk about the grace of God a lot. Grace of God is basically God giving us what you don't deserve. That's kind of a good definition of generosity, isn't it? So when you think generous, you can just think grace of God. And isn't it good news to be a recipient of grace or generosity? So that's what he's saying. Again, he's recounting some of the stuff he's done, and we'll skip over some of it. But then we can skip down to verse 32. And now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace. Again, there's the word grace. That able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. <laughs> now, when you hear the word inheritance, what's the first thing you think of? Money, right? <laughs> or stuff. Okay, but he's talking about a bigger inheritance, more important inheritance. What inheritance is he talking about? Being part of God's family. Of course, what makes you normally why you inherit something is because you're part of the family. And so we inherit what? What do we inherit? The glories of, of heaven because we, are one of, one of we choose to become one of God's children, right? So he's talking about uh, a greater inheritance. And then he says, I've never coveted. I don't know how anybody could say this, but he's saying it. I've never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. Now, this is one of God's top ten, Right? One of the Ten Commandments, don't covet. And one of the reasons you and I aren't more generous than we are is because this is an issue for us, right? Uh, might be a better word, uh, we get caught up in materialism, uh, in stuff. We find value in stuff and buying newer stuff. You know, when the newest iPhone comes out, some people get it. Not pointing any fingers, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it's stuff. Now there's nothing wrong with that. If, you know, if you can afford that and you plan for that, that, that's fine. But to covet something, obviously, is wrong. He says, "I don't covet." All right. Coveting is kind of the opposite of being generous. So I can't. If I'm coveting, I can't be generous. I could not covet and still not be generous. But I have the potential to be generous. So he goes on. You know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs and even the needs of those who are with me. Okay, now, like most of us, we want to take care of ourselves. But he said, I'm not just taking care of myself. My goal is to take help with the needs of those who are with me, other folks. That's the spirit of generosity, right? It's not just about me or it's not just for me. It's about those who are with me. And then he goes on and says, and I have been a constant example. Okay, you know, I didn't know how to be married. Right? People don't know how to be generous. He says, well, I've been a constant example. I've not been covetous. I've been generous. I've been a constant example to you how to do this, how to be this. How you can help those in need and by working hard. You should remember the words of Lord Jesus. All right. So these evidently were words that were commonly a attributed to Jesus. It's just fascinating that we don't have Matthew, Mark, and Luke, or John that told us this. All right. And he says, so remember this. You know these, just remember it. It's not like, oh, I'm going to tell you something for new. This is something new. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Anybody never heard that before? Did you know it was in the Bible? Did you know Jesus said it? Did you know it was, probably didn't know it was in Acts though. Anyway. <clears throat> so, Jesus said, they knew this, it was common knowledge to them, this is some of Jesus' teaching, it is more blessed to give than receive. Now, Again, we're talking about a lifestyle here, not random acts, of, which are fine, they're good, I, I, we need those. But that's not what he's talking about here. Now, if we stop and think about this, yeah yeah it's really blessed to give i I enjoy giving things but it's kind of fun to get stuff too isn't it right you know like christmas is coming up it's nice to give gifts but it's kind of a bummer if nobody gives you any right it's you know it's blessed to give but it's also blessed to receive so what does he mean by blessed well jesus early on his teaching went through we call them the beatitudes he said blessed are those who are poor in spirit and best those others are persecuted for my sake. What was he talking about? Well, you could, some translations use the word happy. I think happy is probably not the best word. Joyful, maybe it's a better word. There's joy involved in that. So there's joy involved, more joy involved in giving than receiving. So I put the word happy in, on, on, in your materials. Happy is a person whose life is ordered around giving rather than receiving. Now, ordered around means a lifestyle. You build your life around that. Now, again, I'm not trying to get any of you to be generous. I'm just trying to teach you how to be generous if you so choose to be generous. I get up here and talk about stuff I want you to do every week, right? And unfortunately, not everybody does everything I say, do they? All right? So, you can just relax and, you know, you don't have to skip the next two weeks when we talk about this topic. All right? All right. I'm just trying to to give you information, help you be able to choose wiser, or wisely. That's another way of saying it. So here, to prove about this joyful thing, I want you to imagine something with me, alright? Now it's going to take some soul searching, and kind of a little uncomfortable, it's a little uncomfortable for, for, for me when I thought about this. Most of us in here aren't young anymore. So, for most of us, you think back maybe the last 10 years. If you're young, just go back to the last five years. And you decide what fits in this category, but think of all the money you've wasted. Whether it's on interest, buying something you didn't need or shouldn't, or uh, one of our biggies is timeshare. Uh, I know we've gotten some vacations out of it, but I would guess maybe $20,000 would be a Probably a small figure uh, that we've wasted on timeshare, all right? So I'm going to use a figure $20,000 for just us, okay? Um, you come up with your figure, all right? Whatever it is, thousands, tens of thousands, maybe hundred thousand. I don't know what your situation is. All right, so you've, you've got a figure in mind, all right? Somehow, whatever money you've wasted over the last 10 years. Now, here's the fun part. Imagine if somebody sticks it in a bank account for you. So somebody's put $20,000 in a bank account for us, but we can't spend it on us. We can only give it away. All right? Got $20,000 to give away. Say over the next year. You don't have to give it away right away. I got the next year to give away $20,000. Now let me ask you a simple question Would that be fun? Would that be a blast? Would you feel so blessed? It would be unbelievable. Whatever those good causes were that you decided. That you wanted to give that. That would be joy, wouldn't it? So here's. The clincher. Why not do that. Now. Now I could talk about lots of examples of generosity. In my family. Mostly what thankfully to my wife, because she's a more generous person than I am. And some of you will remember this incident. It happened about uh, seven years ago. Well, it started back about, yeah, in the wintertime. I got a letter from a guy in New Jersey, and it also included a letter from his pastor. So he was a member of a Baptist church. He just finished college at Liberty University, and he was going to spend six months on the Appalachian Trail. His name was Joey. Remember Joey. Anyway, so he asked if he could come visit our church. He tried to visit churches on Sunday on his his way. So we said, sure. And we said, hey, come stay with us. All right. This was the last, let's see, the weekend after Mother's Day. So it was in May. And we get a call from him. He's down at Weaverton, uh, southern part of the county. And so I think it was on a Friday. We went and picked him up. Brought him to our house. This guy was eating—I don't know—five thousand calories a day. <laughs> he was like twenty-three years old and hiking the Appalachian Trail. So we gave him a bed. We gave him—you know—he could shower. He could, all the food he wanted to eat. And the neat thing on Saturday, I was able to go with him. So we started down at Weaverton. We got all the way to Smithsburg that day. We got to. Boonesboro, by lunchtime, we walked down to our house. Most of you know I live close to the Appalachian Trail. Walked down to our house, had lunch, walked back up. And so we covered, I don't know, 25 miles or so that day. So that was kind of neat. And the next day was Sunday. And he had this ministry where he had memorized the Gospel of John. Remember that? And he just started in John 1.1. And he was walking around up here just... He got, to, I think he stopped at John 3.16. <laughs> but anyway, he could have kept going. It was just fascinating. It was such a, a, a blessing to be part of that, uh, of, of his ministry. Next day, oh, th- that Sunday afternoon, we went from Smithsburg to the Pennsylvania line, him and I. Next day it rained. But on Saturday, he calls his girlfriend down at Liberty University because it was her birthday. And this is, you know, we we hiked 25 miles that day, right? And we've eaten dinner, and he's talking to her. And uh, my wife asked him, when was the last time you saw your girlfriend? I can't remember how long ago, but it was a long time. Anyway, and my wife said, well, well, would you like to go visit her? And he said, you mean I could use your car? It was one of our vans we had at the time. And we said, yeah. It's full full of gas, just just go. So this is Saturday night, I don't know, about 8 o'clock Saturday night. It's about a four-hour trip, right? <laughs> of course, you're 23 and in love. You know, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> so we, he takes our van. And he gets back at like four in the morning, sleeps a couple hours, and he comes to church and does his, recites John to, at first service and then the second service. And then we went hiking again, like I said, that afternoon. And so we were as generous as we could be to this guy. And talk about fun. That was fun. Well, Tuesday, it was still raining, but he said, i got to get going. So we, I p- parked at the Pennsylvania line. I hiked with him like seven miles into Pennsylvania and said, i got to go back. It's still seven more miles back to my car. And so uh, that was the last we saw Joey. But that was just one small time of generosity in our lives. And again, seven years later, and it was just like it happened yesterday. That was, was just so much fun. So let's go back to our in- initial promise. When you become generous... You will give more. You will save more. And you will consume less. And the other part of the promise was you'll be happier. So, I'm just going to put it this way. Choose your crazy. Right? Choose your crazy. Be the crazy that spends more than you make or paying more, more for stuff than it's worth. Or to be crazy like us crazy like Jesus, crazy generous. And some of you have taken a financial peace class. Dave Ramsey would say it this way. We live like nobody else so we can live like nobody else. Generous. So we're going to talk about this for a couple more weeks. Again, relax. Just trying to teach you something. You don't have to do it. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you. We thank you for your generosity. That's kind of an understatement. You sent your only son, Jesus, to earth to suffer and die for us so we could have a relationship with you. We certainly didn't deserve it. That's why we call it grace. It was a gift. And God, it's just kind of mind-boggling sometimes how we cannot be generous when we've been the recipient of such generosity. So help us to learn how to do this. It requires some work, it requires some planning. We use the word budgeting or a financial plan. Uh, Wow, it's so cool when we actually get to do it. Uh, I don't know the situation of these folks here. I'm assuming most of them are pretty generous, God. But we we can't outgive give you. So we pray for uh, this series that it would uh, teach us how to be more like you, more generous. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.